Welcome to the Naked Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, nutritionist, Michaela Shifley, the founder of KJ Wellness. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things nutrition and wellness. We'll cut through the bullshit information out there, debunk health myths, interview health experts, and give you actionable steps to help you become the best version of yourself. So go grab yourself a nice hot cup of coffee and strap in to hear the cold hard truths about health. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Naked Wellness Podcast. Today I have a very special guest with me. I have Erica. Erica is 17 years old. She's from Los Angeles, California and she's also the founder and the creator of Understanding the Misunderstood which is so freaking cool because this is actually a podcast that is 100% dedicated to shedding the light on the misconceptions that there can be around mental health and really just she explains in a way of like giving a voice to those who feel voiceless, which I just think is unreal. And I'm so excited for what we're going to dive into today. So welcome, Erica. Hi, you guys. I'm so excited to be on here. Michaela, thank you so much for just inviting me here and giving me a space to share um, something with you. This is really exciting. Yeah, it is. Well, did you want to start off with just telling us a little bit about yourself? Run us through what's your own journey that you have been on yourself? Absolutely. So I'm currently still on my journey. Um, I started understanding the misunderstood to not only be a help for others, but also really it has opened my eyes for my own mental health journey. To keep it simple, I have always struggled with mental health issues and have always seen that they've been misrepresented in the media, especially social media. And have always wanted to just reframe the narrative of what mental health actually is. So for me, I'm a person that struggles a lot with anxiety, depression, and OCD. And I find that OCD especially is misrepresented a lot. Um, And especially in the media and the ways that celebrities portray it is something that I want to combat. And so I'm on my own mental health journey still, and I'm still figuring out what works for me, but I'm really excited to share it with other people. Yeah, for sure. And I think just even having that voice for other people to come and listen to and know that they're not alone as well. And because I know that like growing up for me personally, like I was diagnosed with GAD, like generalized anxiety disorder from quite a young age. And I think when you're going through these things, it's really hard to know because it's such a almost a taboo topic sometimes. Hard to know what other people are going through, if you can share with anybody. So even just having that space for people to come to and be like, okay, I'm actually not alone on this journey, I think is really, really powerful that what you're doing. Thank you. And everything that you are doing as well. I was looking into your social media, everything that you are doing, I think is fantastic. So being able to talk about mental health with you just is a dream and so incredible. So again, thank you so much. Of course. So I know that you mentioned that there's a couple of misconceptions, especially through like social media, what you mentioned, like celebrities um, put out a couple of misconceptions. What do you find are the most common misconceptions when it does come to mental health? Absolutely. So I think especially with OCD, the most common misconceptions are that OCD is a condition where people are neat freaks, people are just hyper organized and very neat. But in reality, it's such a debilitating condition to have. And it's a lot more than that. It's being a germaphobe. It's being um, 
hyper focused on certain ideas or events. And it's a lot more than just being organized or clean or keeping things in place. So I think that's a large misconception and that that's something that a lot of people don't really realize. And there's a lot of misdiagnosis of OCD because I think people have this idea that OCD is just cleanliness Mm -hmm. when in reality it's a lot more obsessive thought based Mm, and can be so incredibly I guess consuming for an individual to go through that as well and I think you're right like and for me personally as well like even just hearing you explain it just now like you're right when you hear a lot of people talk about OCD it's just typically oh they're so OCD because they're so clean or they're a bit of a neat freak. So I totally get where you're coming from in that regard. Absolutely. And I think, I think the sentence also like, I'm just so OCD is also something else. It's like, you know, you can't be something, you can't be a condition. And um, I think that's also very misleading and hurtful for people who are really diagnosed with it. So I, that was my first episode and that's what I really wanted to highlight in um, my own mental health journey and it has just been amazing because people you know have come to me saying this is a big misconception we need to rethink this and Mm. I think it's just really important that we do that Mm. okay so and what you're saying is by people are kind of just using it as an everyday thing of like oh yeah I'm OCD it's taking away the light for other people who are actually going through or do have OCD to a whole nother level. Absolutely. And it's taking away from those people in a way that's really hurtful and destructive to the person that they are and the person they know themselves as. Mm, Yeah, that's so incredibly interesting. And I think it's so powerful to hear this from somebody who has been in that position, you know, felt that that way as well, which is pretty cool. And I know that you also did a episode on the misconceptions, especially related to like eating disorders and body image as well. What do you find are those most common misconceptions? Absolutely. So I feel like in that episode, especially, I really talked about body dysmorphia and eating disorders and how they're different, but they go hand in hand. Um, So a lot of the time, the misconception becomes that people who, you know, don't eat as much as others have an eating disorder, like everyone eats different amounts. But the issue with that is also this idea of skinny versus fat shaming. And I hate to use those words because those are awful descriptors. And I never think anyone should be described as either one of those things. But I think now it's become a big issue with skinny shaming and people who actually have eating disorders versus people who don't, who are just naturally, you know, smaller, I guess, than others. That's a big issue. And I think definitely in your field and what you are doing has observed that and seen that, you know, people who are skinny shamed not don't always have eating disorders and that, you know, people who are, you know not as skinny you have a different eating disorder like there's no way to pinpoint that unless you really know the person and know what they're going through so I think that is a huge misconception and something that we need to work on especially with models and people of that sort just saying that you know oh they definitely have an eating disorder because they're so skinny 
I think we need to get rid of that whole culture. I think it's something that is so toxic, especially for young women and men and other identifying people. And I think that that's just something that is so toxic to listen to growing up, Um, especially for me, I guess, in my case, Um, a little personal story with that is just that I've heard those comments before, like, oh my gosh, you're so skinny. Oh my gosh, you're so this you know, do you have an eating disorder? And, you know, when I was going through a period of my life, not eating as much, and I think, you know, there was a moment of time that I talked about with my therapist where, you know, I might've been anorexic. And in that period of time, it was really difficult because people would ask me like, do you have an eating disorder? And I don't know what to say. Like, that's not something you ask someone. So wanting to get rid of that and diet culture and all of that stuff, just really negative. Mm, 100% and this is where it comes back to as well you can't just put a label on somebody for what they look like and this goes both ways like not only just with the eating disorders but with health like you can't look at somebody and be like they're unhealthy or they're healthy just for a way that they look but we have created this society where it's like if you fit into this tiny little box okay you're you're perfect you're the definition of health and as soon as you're outside that box either way it's like, no, there's something wrong with you. You have an eating disorder. You're not taking care of yourself. Like all of these labels start being thrown at you. And it's really, really hard to navigate your way through that. And I completely get where you're coming from when you get all these comments thrown at you as well. And people are like external things coming towards you. And at the end of the day, like, and I say this to all of my clients as well, like, if you go right back to tribal years as like humans, we wanted to be accepted by our tribe because if you weren't accepted and you were shone out of it, you would literally die. So you would do whatever it takes to be accepted. And that's what you would really feed off and, and grow from. So in today's day and age, that's literally how we are still wired. And that acceptance can come from comments from other people, like positive comments. And so, and this was a massive part of my journey as well. When I did was like, you know, a, a lot had lost a lot of weight and it was unhealthy because I was really unwell with a parasite and all of that. But I was getting a lot of these positive comments of, oh, you look great. Like you've lost so much weight, X, Y, and Z. And so for me, that was like that I'm now accepted in the society that I have. And then, so that is what then caused me to create like disordered eating behaviors to try and stay that way when it actually was not healthy, but I was fitting into that box, which is why you're sorry, we have to break that thing or we have to get rid of these misconceptions of, just because you look a certain way doesn't mean that you need to be labeled with something. And there are so many times that I have also heard people who do struggle with food and have a relationship with themselves have comments from people being like, but what do you mean? Like, you're not skinny enough to have that or, but you're not overweight. Like you shouldn't have that. And it's like, that doesn't actually, like, it does not matter what somebody looks like on the outside. You need to like give them the space. And you, if you don't know what's going on behind closed doors, don't even make a comment. Absolutely. That's so powerful. And I think so many young women struggle to hear that message. And I think what you're doing is just absolutely amazing trying to reframe that narrative and show people it's not about what you look like. It's about your habits and what goes on, like you said, behind closed doors. And you really don't know what's going on with someone, no matter what they look like. And you can't make assumptions. And that's a that's a great segue into, you know, the fact that I think we're both working to destigmatize many different things. And that is something that is not only helpful for young people, but for people of all ages and something that everyone really needs. Yeah, 100%. And I definitely feel like there is a big shift that is starting to happen 
which is so powerful because I know that in my line of work, so I worked in one of the world's largest weight loss companies for four years as a nutritionist, which was Weight Watchers. I think you guys had that over in America as well. Yes. And the impact that I saw this kind of like diet culture have on women at the ages of like, I was working with women who were in like their 60s, 70s and 80s who had been on this diet since they were in their 16s when their mum had dragged them to the first WW meeting. And where they were at now at 60, 70 and 80, whichever one it was, like honestly, like would shatter my heart to pieces. They had gone their entire lives hating their bodies. They did not have a good relationship with food. It had impacted their relationships with their partners, with their friends. It had impacted holidays, family events. It had impacted their mental health because they have literally spent their entire life working against their body and against their life rather than with it. And they did not have a good relationship. And this is what like sparked where my business is at now and what I'm doing now because us, like anyone, we cannot live our entire life hating our bodies, having food control us, and like just our minds always be fixated on so many other things that aren't actually allowing us to live the most fulfilling life that we are meant to live. 100%. And I think what you're doing is so, so admirable and so beyond just impressive. I think so many people need to hear what you're saying and your voice is so powerful. And I, 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 I'm getting chills because I, I feel like younger me would have like loved to hear something like this, that like, you can't live your whole life, you know, wanting to be someone else and wanting to be different. So I feel like so many young girls, especially need to hear that. And that's super mm. important. A hundred percent. And then as well as like the other, I think thing that we need to stop that's going to help with these misconceptions as well is when you see somebody do not comment on their physical body. There are so many compliments that you can give somebody that have absolutely nothing to do with what they look like. Like you could comment absolutely. on, oh my God, your energy is amazing. Your smile is great. Like, you know, you don't have to say, oh, wow, you've lost weight or, oh, like, you know, it just, it doesn't even have to be something that comes out of your mouth. And again, like if you do not know what is going on behind closed doors for that person, do not ever comment on something because you could be feeding into something and that can be incredibly dangerous. Absolutely. And I think that's a great, that's a great thing to say, especially with social media. Cause I feel like a lot of young girls, especially will comment like on other girls posts, like trying to hype them up, trying to, you know, give them confidence by commenting on their body. But then that really feeds into something a lot more dangerous and something that can turn into an eating disorder and, you know, body dysmorphia. And I think that that's so dangerous. And like you said, there's a thousand other compliments to give someone. You don't need to comment on their body. And I hate those comments that are like, oh, you've lost weight or, oh, you've gained weight. Like, there's no reason to point that out like that is just so just beyond disrespectful about you know to say about someone especially at you know family events at family dinners and you know holidays things like that it just makes everyone uncomfortable and no one should be hearing that at all absolutely and I think the perfect example for that is you know the singer Adele 
that she went through when she went through her divorce which i think was like a pretty messy divorce she lost a significant amount of weight and when she went back out into public obviously she was getting paps and all of that sort of stuff and so all these articles started coming out of being like you know what's her secret what diet did she go on like all of these really unhelpful stuff and she actually came out and said that this needs to stop like she understands that she has lost weight but she was going through one of the most stressful periods in her life and that by all of these other things like they are literally feeding into such an unhealthy you know way of of what her weight loss was and I thought that was she has like an incredible voice when she comes out and speaks about a lot of this stuff and I think that was really powerful what she said but this just goes to show that you should never hold on to something that like what's happened to somebody physically and assume that you know it's coming from a place that you think it's coming from like there should never be that assumption made and you should always be mindful that you actually don't fully know what's happening 100 and i think along with that is it's a lot more difficult to see mental issues obviously than physical ones because you know things that are physical you can see and then mental uh, issues are something that you can't really see. So also, you know, commenting on on those types of things, you don't need to comment on someone's, you know, behaviors and, um, you know, bodies, right? There's They're not um, something to be commented on unless it's dangerous to themselves or others. Like, there's no reason to say like, oh, you're acting irrational because it, it might all be mental health related in the end and it might all cause more issues than needed. So I think that's something that a lot of people need to realize. hundred percent. Absolutely. And I think as well, and this was something that I want to talk to you with you about as well as that spectrum of like mental health and that everybody can be at a different point or have different levels. And I think that is something really, really important to understand as well. And like, I could even give the perfect example of me and my boyfriend, like he is just like his, you know, emotions are just so incredibly stable. Like he does a check, like he's just constantly happy 24 seven. I'm like, great, let me try and live that life. Whereas for me, like I can wake up one morning and for no reason, like I will just have anxiety. And whilst I have come such a long way with being able to handle it and I don't let it define me. And, you know, I, I know how to push myself to my limits and handle all that sort of stuff. However, it still does pop up every now and again. I'm like, that's so weird. Why, like, why are you here type of thing? Right. But he, for him for such a long time, it was such a, like, he didn't really understand it. He didn't really understand, you know, how to navigate it because like, it's something that is so outside of his scope or anything that he's personally ever experienced. And so for me, like, obviously from my anxiety, I understand that I experience a different level to other people as well. And I think like, that's really important that you also never compare is important right. and also always have that understanding of everybody can experience it in a different way exactly and I think mental health is a spectrum it's something that you know a lot of I feel like everyone deals with mental health at one point or another and to label someone as like mentally healthy or like mentally unhealthy or you know p- categories are the issue in all of this you know putting people in boxes and limiting them to just those things is the worst thing that we can ever do. And so I think both of our missions align in that way that we want to help people Mm -hmm. understand themselves and figure out how they can best serve themselves with things that they have going on internally and externally. And I absolutely agree with you. I think there's a lot of different ways that 
mental health can manifest itself and present itself for different people. So classifying one behavior as just this mental health disorder is so wrong. And I think it's something that we can't do, especially nowadays, like with mm. all the new, you know, symptoms that come about and research and things of that nature, just telling us that there is no one way the mental health presents itself and that we need to just understand it's different for everyone. Yeah. And what you said about putting people in a box, I think that is so powerful in itself. And I know that that's something that I really struggled with all through schooling as well is I never really spoke to anybody about what I was going through because I was so scared of if there would be judgment because there was that box. And I now feel like there is such a larger movement that is happening and there's a much more open space for people to openly talk about what they are going through, which I think is just so powerful. Because I know back then, I would have loved to been able to just even like open up to some of my friends about it or, you know, j just be able to tell people that this is why I can't go out with you tonight because this is what I'm actually struggling with. It just would have changed a lot of my life. So now that there is that movement and that we're starting to remove that box, um, I think that's really, really important because there was even times where, you know, I would go to the doctors for something totally unrelated to mental my, like anxiety and they would be like, oh, but, you know, you have anxiety. So this is probably why it's playing up. And it'd be like, it literally has nothing to do with that. Like, could you not just put me in that that box? Could you get to the bottom of some other things first? Right. And I think something that my therapist always tells me, because obviously I'm still on my journey as well. And I think, you know, we all are. But something my therapist tells me is you are not your mental health condition. Like you cannot be just that you're so much more than that and it doesn't define who you are as a person and I find that sentiment so powerful and helpful especially when you're in a bad place just knowing that you aren't what you're dealing with and you aren't your struggles and you're a lot more than that as a person and being able to know that I think is like the first step towards like healing and, and figuring out what works for you is just knowing that this is something to be worked on and that's it like there's nothing else you can really do mm, so powerful literally that's it like it does not have to define who you are as a person because it is not like you as a whole exactly mm, love it and so i know that you also spoke about the importance of physical versus mental health as well did you want to kind of like dive into this a little bit with us because i also find this topic so incredibly interesting 100%. So I I remember I made that episode while I had COVID and I was sitting at home just thinking about podcast ideas and that one came to mind because I was thinking about you know how much work I was going to be missing during school and you know the fact that I was sick and had to tell my teachers oh I'm sick so therefore I won't be at school and I just thought it's so easy for us to, especially for younger kids in middle school and high school or college, to say that you're sick and that's why you can't go to school physically as opposed to that you're sick mentally and you can't go to school. Like those are two separate things. And one is a better, quote unquote, better excuse than the other because our physical health is treated as so much more important than our mental health when you can't have one without the other. It's mm. something that goes hand in hand with each other. If you don't have 
good physical health, you don't have good mental health. And if you don't have good mental health, you don't have good physical health. Like it goes hand in hand. So I was really excited about that episode. And um, it was just something that I wanted to highlight, especially during a time when, you know, it was at the end of my junior year, everyone was really busy and kind of freaking out. And I just wanted to remind everyone that your mental health isn't quote unquote an excuse. Like it's, it's, it shouldn't be an excuse, right? Meaning that like, just like when you're sick and that's an excuse, like you, you can use your mental health as something that is a valid excuse. It's not something that's like an invalid excuse. And I don't like calling them excuses because like that makes it seem negative. But like, I think that you 100% can use your mental health as a valid reason to not go to school and that it really does impact, like you said, where you go, if you're going out, if you're not staying in, um, not going to school, getting up in the morning is, you know, can be really difficult. So being able to to understand that your mental health is just as important as your physical health is something I hope everyone can learn and everyone can really hold on to. Mm, 100% and you're so right like it is it's so natural to be like oh no I can't come out tonight like I have the flu but you question whether you mention oh I can't come out tonight because I'm not feeling great mentally. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just as valid as an excuse yeah. and it's I like to call it instead of an excuse, I like to call it an explanation. Like yeah. it's just as valid as an explanation. Like I can't go out. I'm not feeling well can be mental or physical and people have to respect it both ways. And if they don't, then, you know, that just proves that we live in a world that really, you know, values our physical health over our mental health and that that's not where we should be at all. absolutely I agree with that and it's so interesting because when I start with so many of my clients the layers I always explain to them that this journey is like a layer you know we I mean an onion we start peeling back those layers and you'll be like oh my goodness there is so much here that I didn't even realize I was like trying to process in my brain and it always shocks me like the depths that we go to together because I think sometimes they come in being like yeah you know we're just going to focus on like the physical side the nutrition all of that sort of stuff and well, yeah like I am a qualified nutritionist but I've also done extra study in psychology because I also understand like how important both of those aspects are like the physical and the mental health and it always shocks them of the mindset work that we end up going and through and what they actually end up unpacking on that side of it as well because a lot of the time, like if you're feeling like you're going in roundabouts with physical health, maybe there's like a mental health aspect that you actually need to work on and vice versa. Like if you feel like you're going around in, in mental health, like maybe there's a physical health aspect that you also have to work on. And it's really important to come at them from like both angles and both sides. And if you were somebody who's like, yeah, like I really value my health. Like it's one of my top priorities. You're at the gym, you know, maybe you're focusing on your nutrition as well you also need to make sure that you are prioritizing your mental health, whatever that looks like for you, like seeing a psychologist or working through things like that has to come um, as like just as an importance as the nutrition and the movement side of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's nothing much else to say. I think it's as simple as both are important and you have to treat both of them the same. And, you know, I, I feel like I'm in a point in my life where, I feel like an imbalance between my mental and physical health. And I, I feel that imbalance because both of them are off balance. So 
you know, if one is, if one area is kind of not doing as well, the other area is not going to do as well either. So having that balance of both of them being solid is exactly where you should be, but it's easier said than done. And I think the work that you do, especially with mindset work and things like that is so helpful, especially when you are going to put so much time and effort into your physical um, health and doing both at the same time is crucial. Yeah, absolutely. And also understanding that you go through seasons in life and those seasons are always going to look different. And sometimes, you know, school or work or things are going to be a little bit more hectic than normal, which might mean that you might not have the time to prioritize physical health just as much. But in that point, you are prior to still prioritizing the mental health side of it. Right. Amazing. There might be another season that you go through where social life is a little bit more full on. And in those moments, you know, you like you prioritize one more of the other. And then there's times where everything is just like calm externally and you can literally focus on both the physical and the mental health equally and build that solid foundation. And understanding that you are human, like not robot, you are not programmed to be perfect every single day. And it's okay to ride the waves and go through the seasons and run with like the flexibility and what life can throw at you. Absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. Mm, love it. So if somebody is like listening to this podcast and they're feeling like, yeah, you know what, this is something that I have been working through for a while or they are starting to identify that their mental health is something that they want to work on. What is your advice when it comes to reaching out for that support and help? Absolutely. This is something that I, I love talking about. Um, it's so important to have people that support you and people to lean on. And that can come in many different shapes and sizes. And, you know, there are so many people out there, I know for every single person that you can lean on and that you fully can like trust and support. And I just think leaning on people that are trustworthy and very supportive of you and your goals and your values is the best way to kind of get to a place where you can ask for help. Because if you don't have an outlet, if you don't have support, then it's so difficult to ask for help. And I guess what urged me is, you know, people around me that I cared about telling me, you know, maybe you should consider this. And it's not a bad thing for someone to say that. It might feel wrong. It might feel that it's kind of, you know, offensive in some way. But when someone really cares about you, they are going to want your best interest. And if they urge you to do something, it's going to be to help you. And especially with mental health, it's so difficult to ask for help because you feel embarrassed or judged and you don't want to get in that situation where you are being you know the center of attention and you know someone that needs fixing but what you need to remind yourself also is like you need to go through your own you know phys like mental exercise and say that you are not the problem the problem is hurting you and mm -hmm. it's a completely separate entity from you and just knowing that will help you ask for assistance from other people. Yeah, wow. I love that. That is so incredibly powerful. You're so right. And I think as well, it's it's important that 
we even remove that misconception around it, it being something negative to reach out and to ask for help because you don't have to actually go through this or try and work through it on your own. Absolutely. And you're never alone. And I love saying mm-hmm. that because you really are never alone. There mm-hmm. are always people that love you and support you and want you to be mentally happy and healthy. And there's always a way out of it. And, you know, the best thing to do is just to lean on people that you love and so who support you and kind of go through, like I said, your own exercise in your head of like debunking the fact that mental health support isn't something to be ashamed of. And it's something that every single person will question if they need, because we all struggle with mental health issues. And it's so important to understand that therapy and medication, things like that, like those aren't bad things. These are things to help you. These are things to to bring you back to the person that you were and to make you more able to engage in like fun life activities and things that you enjoy. And, you know, I'm still on that journey, but I truly believe like therapy has been so helpful. And, you know, I always tell people like, oh, I go to therapy. Like it's so casual. And, you know, it is, that's, that's all it is. It's not like, oh my gosh, she goes to therapy. She must be really messed up. Like when you are surrounded by other people who like, you know, are very similar to you, it starts to feel more like starts to feel more normal, which it is. It, all of it is normal. All of it is natural. Like you said, it's human instinct to like want to fit in and to be part of groups and not feel like an outsider. So being in that place will help you feel uncomfortable in a good way so that you feel more comfortable in the end with yourself and your mental health journey. Mm, yeah, 100%. And you're so right. Like it just it has to become casual and the more that you surround yourself with the people who are going to accept you wholeheartedly for everything the more comfortable you are going to also be and the safer like space you have to openly always have the conversation absolutely yeah amazing you're like what you're sharing and the message that you have is just so incredibly powerful thank you for sharing so much of that now i do have some quick fire questions to get to know you a bit more you ready for these i am so ready great okay so the first one is what is one thing that you must do every morning to set your day up oh wow um lighting a candle and journaling love it that is right the best thing ever what a wholesome way to start the morning what is one thing that everyone can do every day to improve their life Tell someone that you're grateful for them. Yeah. One person every day. Spread the smiles, like smiles and, and compliments. I find that they're so contagious and like it just making somebody else's day makes you feel amazing as well. Exactly. It's like, even if it's someone random, like a random stranger or, you know, someone at a grocery store, like compliment someone, give them a little bit of like excitement in their life. And like, you will feel so good about it. Oh, for sure. And what is your favorite quote and why? Oh, wow. Um, there's a quote. I have a, I have a whole quote journal. Um, my favorite quote is, 
That's a tough one. Oh my gosh, I know this is quick fire, but that's a tough one. <laughs> um, probably one step at a time. Ooh. I really like that one. Um, I think it really captures just how to go through life slowly and just in a relaxed way. And you still are able to do everything that you want to do, but as long as you take things slowly and take baby steps, like you're going to be okay. And little by little, a little becomes a lot. Yes, exactly. Mm. And so one question that I do love to ask all my podcast guests is that in the distant future, when you're looking back at your life, what do you think will be your biggest achievement or one thing that you'll be most proud of? And this could be something that you've already done, or it could also be something that you are hoping to achieve in the future. That is a great question. I want to be able to say that I was a business owner of a business that helps people understand themselves, basically turning my podcast into a business. And not because money matters to me, but because I want it to be something that is felt globally. I want people to to feel loved and cared for by a community all across the world. So hopefully doing some girl boss things. Love that. Oh, I'm so excited to watch your journey through that as well. And I think that, you know, you've already started that journey with your podcast, which is already reaching so many amazing people. And just taking that to the next step for you will be incredible. Thank you. So tell the audience, what do you have coming up, if anything, in your life? And where can the listeners find you as well? Yes. So something exciting that's coming up um, that I already kind of put out there is that my podcast is partnering with BetterHelp, which is the world's largest therapy platform service online. And I am really excited about it because they've been a company that I've looked up to for years Um, People in my family use it all the time, and it's just something that is amazing. So um, I'm giving like 10% off all my listeners. um, It's at betterhelp.com slash the misunderstood. So that is really exciting. We have a lot of things coming up that are also really um, surprising, I would say. I have a little, I'll put a little like teaser in here. Um, that there is a company forming right now and me and my dad are putting that together and that is launching soon. So keep your eyes out for that. And people can find the podcast on pretty much any listening platform, but most pop, most popular is like Spotify, Apple music and podcast is understanding the misunderstood by Erica Tinsley. So you can find me there. I also have a website um, called Understanding the Misunderstood. I believe it's .org. And that is a great place to just see all of my episodes and everything that you could um, want to see and a little bit about me and my background. So if you guys want to find me, you can go there. That is huge that you are partnering with BetterHelp. Amazing. That is so exciting. Well done. Thank you so much. And I will put all of those links in the show notes below as well. So everybody has easy access to go and find whatever they need to find. But 
Thank you so much for coming onto the Naked Wellness podcast today and sharing everything that you have. Honestly, I have enjoyed every part of this chat that we've had together today. Thank you so much for inviting me on here. This has been a pleasure and I just hope everyone gets the chance to work with you because you are an incredible, incredible person and are doing such great work. So thank you for for sharing this experience with me. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Wow, what an incredible episode that was. Erica had so much insight to share with us. And if you're listening to this podcast and you are feeling like you resonate with it all or you're looking at reaching out for that help and that support, please do know that there is support and there is help out there for you that you were never alone on this journey. But I really, really hope that you found this podcast really insightful and quite useful. And if you know anybody who you feel like would really benefit from listening to this podcast, and I would absolutely love for you to share it with them. The more that we can spread this message around, the better and help as many people as we possibly can. If you would love to connect, because I would love to connect with you, then head over to my Instagram, which is KJ Wellness with three S's. Let's have a chat. Let's have a conversation. I'd love to know your key takeaway from today's episode. But I hope you enjoy the rest of the day or the evening whenever you're listening to this. And I will chat with you in the next episode very soon. But until then, you take care. Bye.